Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. What's up, y'all? How are we doing this morning? I got to say y'all after that worship set, you know what I'm saying? Felt the Holy Spirit, thought I was going to start clogging right here in the front row. But anyway, um, man, that was good stuff. Thanks to the worship team for doing a great job this morning. And uh, I just, real quick, I want to tell you something I'm excited about. So um, it's funny because some of you may remember, but we used to have available, uh, we used to have an app. We went away from the app because now our website kind of acts like an app. But one of the things that we used to have was that you could actually take notes on your phone and then email them to yourself. And so we sort of did away with that with the app. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to wait and see if anybody says anything. And nobody said anything. And it went like several months, like y'all didn't say anything, right? Nobody said anything to me. And so I was like, you know what, I'm not going to deal with it or do anything with it until somebody tells me, hey, Pastor Mike, I missed that. So crack me up because two weeks ago, our web designer called and said, hey, you know that thing with the notes that you said several months ago? Finally figured out how it works. And I'm like, okay, cool, I'll get back to you. So last week, uh, one of our ladies, and I love it because you would think phone, taking notes, you'd think millennial, something like that. No, it was one of our retirees, right, came to me last Sunday and said, hey, Pastor Mike, I used to take the notes. What happened to the notes? And, on the, and I, I just started laughing. I'm like, God, you're so funny. Called the dude. I was like, uh, can you do the notes? So for those of you who would like. This morning, if you get on our website, on your phone, and you go under resources, there's a place that says resources, and it says this week's notes. You hit this week's notes, and you can type in your notes, and then email it to yourself. All right, so I just want you to know that's available to you. Um, There you go. There's the person who was... Telling me last week, you're welcome, Miss Diane. We did the whole thing just for you, right? But uh, no, but uh, but just that's a cool thing. And then also, let me say this to you: please get on our social media. Um, this time of year, you know, people are just more open to talk about coming to church because Easter's coming, right? And so, um, the best way that you can help us spread the word is to get on our social media, to share posts to like posts, to comment, all that kind of stuff, because that makes it go out, right? So let me just really encourage you to to follow our social media, get on it, and then make an effort. Would you help us make an effort by sharing? Share the event, share the vision night that people can come find out, share the workday, share whatever it is uh, that's going on. I don't know if you saw, some of you may have seen, but the carpeting got put in this week at the auditorium, and uh, it looks absolutely gorgeous. And uh, Principal Randolph uh, came to me, and he's like, he was a little overwhelmed, you know, and he was like, He's like, Pastor, like, what, what do we do for you? And I was like, are you kidding me? I said, I'll tell you what, I got something that's huge, huge. That's what I need you to do for me. He's like, all right, what, what do you need? I said, I need you to enjoy it. Right? This is, this is us being a blessing to our community. I just need you to enjoy it. He's like, oh, I can do that. You know, kind of a thing. And so I just, I just want to say thank you again for being the church that you are that has allowed us to do the things that we do. And uh, we're really, really excited about this opportunity. But let me say this to you. I don't want to overlook the fact that we're still here. Right, right? Listen, a lot of us live our lives, and I've done this a lot in my life, looking for tomorrow. Right? Working on what's coming next. 
or, you know, what we're doing and all this. And so I want, I want to just want to say this to you. Hey, don't overlook what God's doing right now, right here today. So I said this to the worship team and I just felt led to say this. I don't know if I'll say it next service or not. Maybe it's just for you guys this service. Uh, but would you take a deep breath in? Take a deep breath in. Let it out. Now just let everything go this week and let's hear to what God has to say to us. Right? There's, there's plenty, of, plenty of stuff out there for you to deal with. Right? Plenty of wonderful people for you to have to deal with. Right? Plenty of, plenty of work stuff. And all, but can I say this to you? You ain't going to fix your kids this morning. You ain't going to fix your marriage all this morning. You ain't going to fix everything at work this morning. Right? But you know what? If we'll put it all aside for a few minutes and listen to God's word, maybe he'll speak some life into each one of us this morning. Can we do that this morning? So like just, man, let's just put it aside for just a bit. So um, been a little while since I've uh, told you guys a Boudreaux joke. So uh, I found a new Boudreaux joke. For those of you who are new to the church, um, half of my family's from Louisiana and half of my family's from Mississippi. We are some smart peoples, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but anyway, no, I, I love my family and they're probably way smarter than a lot of people. But anyway, but Boudreaux is kind of a good old Cajun boy. So Boudreaux and uh, his best friend Thibodeau, uh, Boudreaux and Thibodeau, went, they went on a trip and they were, they were off away and Boudreaux looked at Thibodeau, he said, man, it's been a long time since we've been out in the woods fishing something. I got to get outside, man. This, this traveling thing and being inside drives me crazy. So they found a local little place, rented a boat, went out fishing. Fishing for a while, here, there, here, there. Finally, they found like, found a honey hole, man. I mean, every time they cast, fish, cast, fish, right? Boudreaux said to Thibodeau, so Boudreaux, we got to figure out how to mark this. We're coming back and do this again tomorrow. Like we, how, how we, but how are we going to mark this? I got nothing. Thibodeau said, I got this. He reaches up in his tackle box, pulls out a magic marker, puts an X in the bottom of the boat. <laughs> Boudreaux looked at Thibodeau and said, you so stupid. Why are you so stupid? He said, why you call me stupid? He said, Thibodeau, how you know they're going to give us the same boat next week? That pretty much sums up my family in a joke. All right, anyway, um, good morning. I'm glad you're here. We're studying James. For those of you, it's the first time you're here. Um, and uh, yeah, um, but uh, we're studying the book of James, and it, it has been a phenomenal study. And yet, I don't know if you guys agree or not, but it's been an in-your-face kind of study, right? Like James is a no-holes-barred no kind of book. It's just lay it out. Here it is. You ain't got to like it. You just got to see it. It's in front of you. Kind of a deal. And today, you'll be glad to know, for those of you who are like, my, my toes are so sore, right? From the last few weeks, this is the last week, all right? This is, this is the last week. We'll start on some new toe stomping next week with something else, okay? Uh, but no, but, the, but this book has been just phenomenal. And, and, and when I looked at it, I was kind of thinking... A couple weeks ago when we were in chapter 4 of James, today we're going to finish up chapter 5 and the end of James. When we were in chapter 4, uh, we talked about purpose, which is really a big, big issue for so, so many people. Um, I think not just in the United States, but I think across the world. Like, who, who am I? Why I'm on this blob? You know, all that. And we talked about purpose. And if you remember, I just want to review this because it's so good and so important. Most of the time when we talk about purpose... What we're searching for is we're searching for these life-defining moments, right? It's, it's this life-defining moment. It's this, this thing happens, and it's that thing they're going to talk about at our funeral. It's, it's that thing that I'm going to be remembered forever. My name goes down in infamy, and there's these life-defining moments. And so when we talk about purpose, we usually are referring to those, right? What we're missing is, is God's 
life-encompassing purpose. In other words, God, it says in, in, in Psalm 139 that He designed the days for us. He, he knew the days He had laid out for us. Now, I want to ask you, do you have those life-defining moments more often? Or do you have the mundane more often? You have the mundane more often, right? I mean, some of us, sometimes we feel like we're living in the movie Groundhog Day, right? Get up, get the kids ready, scream at a couple of them, get them off you know, school, go to work, do the same. And, and, and sometimes life gets that. And what we miss in there is the reality that your purpose is not about these life-defining moments. You'll get to those if you fulfill your life-encompassing purpose. And your life-encompassing purpose, I want to say it to you this way, and this is the first to fill in on your notes. Purpose is to be in relationship with God and to bring Him glory. To be in relationship with God and to bring Him glory. That is your life-encompassing purpose. Right? And if you will fulfill that day today, you will find those life-defining moments will actually come. But I think that we go, but, but, but how do I do that? And I was thinking about how do I, how do I say this to you differently? How do I help you kind of with this concept or, or deal with this concept in your life? And so I got this picture. So I want to give you this graph. So here's the way I think most Christians, especially in the United States, this is how we do our relationship with God. It looks like this. We got all these pie pieces that are parts of our lives, that are pieces. And God is one of the pie pieces, right? Like, like I come on Sunday morning and I do the Sunday morning thing and I, and I kind of, and I pray and maybe I get up in the morning and I pray, but then I sort of put that pie piece away and I go and do my work thing. Or then I put this pie piece away and then I go deal with my finances. Or I put this pie piece away and then I go to parenting. And what I want you to grasp this morning is actually the graph should look more like this. That I have all these pie pieces that are part of my life, but God is supposed to be encompassing over all of the pie pieces. Right? And, and, and so we miss purpose because we're chasing the big moments and we're losing the fact that day to day our job is to have a relationship with Him and to glorify Him. That He's supposed to, that the best way for me to glorify Him is that, is that I can day to day go, God, what is it you want me to do? And if it's some little dumb thing, hey, today I want you to call and encourage Brandon. Then I pick up the phone, say, you know, Brandon, God put you on my heart. What's going on? And, 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 and you have no idea, listen to me, how huge that is. You ever been on the other end of that phone call? You ever had somebody just like all of a sudden kind of just say, hey, I was just thinking about you. Man, that's, that's, the, <laughs> that's one of the best feelings in the world. You ever gotten a, a card, some random card out of nowhere? Right? A written, hey teenagers, there's this thing called mail that we use. You write, you send this letter, it's crazy, you should try it. But, but I'm picking, they're all rolling their eyes at me. But, but the, the, listen, the, the, the reality is, is something about like a written card. You know what it is to get a written card from somebody? You know what I mean? And, and, and I think we're missing purpose because we're chasing the big and we're missing the small. Parents, we're chasing the big with our kids, and we're missing the day-to-day, the, the small, right? And, and, and so we've got to understand, and, and the hard thing for us, this, this is where, okay, I'm going to step on your toes, pick your feet up a little bit. Listen to me. God is either number one in your life, or He's not there at all. 
Because see, God won't take second place. He, he won't. It says he's a jealous God and he won't take second place. And so, so many of us are struggling through trials and stuff and things going on in our lives. And I think that the struggle and what you're saying is like, where is God in all this? And the problem is not God. The problem is that he's only a pie piece. The problem is that I have not surrendered it, it all and said, it's, it's this life. My, my life is all yours. And so the book of James has been a blueprint for us. It's, it's a blueprint of, of kind of how or, or what our life would look like if we're living in a surrendered relationship with God. And so here's some of the topics that, that we've been through. And if you have missed any of this series, it's on our website. You can go back and watch. But we talked about trials, like when you go through trials, right? Consider it all joy, James said. We talked about favoritism, how we have this tendency to treat this person because they got a little bit more money than that person or this person because of what they can do for us over that person who needs us, right? Favoritism is, is something James talked about. Action that we actually do. It's one thing to say. It's another thing to actually do. We talked about words, speaking life. We talked about humility, judgment, having our own agenda or God's agenda. And the last week we talked about our favorite topic, patience. Ooh, we love that one. Come on, anybody as impatient as I am. Right? And I told my DMV workers, I'm not going to look down there. I, there's the row right there. I told them last week when I was looking up patience, and I looked up like, okay, worst places to stand in line. And it was like number one on every one of them. And I just like searched and searched because I'm like, I don't want like the laser death stares from my DMV people, right? And so no, no offense to them, but you know what it is, whether it be the DMV, whether it be Subway and the person before, I mean, we, we struggle with patience. So James has been this whole thing that has got us saying, how do we do this, this Jesus thing? Like, how do we actually like forget the church thing? Because the church thing has gotten weird. Come on, y'all. You know, I've, I've had several people look at me and go, no, I, I'm like, come on, come to church. Come to our new church. We got a new church. It's down at the theater, blah, blah, blah. Moving to the high school. No, I don't, I'm not coming to church. Why don't you come to church? Because I don't like Christians. And I say, me either. That's why I started my own church. <laughs> right? Because listen, like church, like we've gotten so weird with the way that we do things. Instead of it being, listen, about a surrendered life to Jesus Christ. That, that's the, that's the, the goal. The goal is that I would surrender. So Jesus is our physical representation of who God is. There's an amazing, amazing moment. Jesus is standing there in front of Pontius Pilate. And, and it would, uh, it, as we're preparing for Easter, it would be right before he gets crucified and all. And he's standing there, and this, is guy, this guy's like one of the leaders at the time. And Jesus makes the most amazing statement. He says this. He says, for this reason I was born, and for this reason I come. Now, what comes after that is pretty big. Would you agree? If Jesus is making this statement, for this reason I was born, and for this reason I would come. And you would say, to die, to save. No, no, no. Here's what he says. To testify to the truth. In other words, what he's saying to you and I is, truth has gotten so twisted. Truth has gotten so messed up in man's head because of sinfulness. It's gotten so twisted in our culture. I've come to be a physical representation of what truth is supposed to look like. Right? And so for us, it is our job to look deeply into the life of Jesus Christ. And then conform my life to be like his life. 
So one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible is Philippians 2. And before we get into James, I want to read through this um, just to give you an idea of what Jesus was like. Like, let, let's, 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 let's peer in for a minute. Can, can you focus your mind for a minute and just say, man, Jesus, show me who you were. Let me hear these words. Maybe in a way I've never heard them before. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Look at this. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, he's man, he's standing here on this earth just like you and I, but he is also God. What does that mean? That means he has all power, he has all authority. Anybody here, like me, ever maybe gotten a little power hungry? Ever let having a little bit of authority maybe go to your head a little bit? Right? This is, I mean, as we peer into who Jesus was, we've got to think of ourselves and we're supposed to be more like Him. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to His own advantage. Whoa. So every time He was tempted, every time He struggled, He could have just snapped His finger. No, He didn't need to snap His fingers. All He needed to speak. He may not have even had to speak. All he had to do was look at that guy that spit in his face and he would have vaporized. Right? The humility in that verse, the humility for us to take on is, is amazing. Keep going. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness, how crazy is it to leave heaven and come here? That blows my mind. It blows my mind to think of what it must be like to leave perfection that you and I can't even begin to fathom right now, right? To leave, and he, and, and he came and he humbled himself to be a servant, to serve. Can I say it to you this way? Let's put it in our context. He came to serve the jerks. He, he, he came to serve that person at work. Come on. You know tomorrow morning, you're like, if they say one more word to me. Right? He, he, he came to, to serve. This is, this is the nature of a Jesus follower. This is the nature that we are to be conforming to and, and to take on. Made himself in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself to become obedient to what? To death. He became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Right? Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and in heaven and on earth and on, under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord for the glory of God the Father. Amen? Man, that's good stuff. Three things I see that I want you to write down. As we're kind of peering into who Jesus is today, and we're trying to figure out how do we make this work in our life tomorrow morning. When we, when we go about all the crazy things that we've got to deal with. Three things that I see in Jesus. Number one is obviously humility. Right? Humility. Here we go. Confession is good for the soul and bad for the reputation. I'm not going to tell you the story. But I kind of lost my mind a little bit on the road yesterday. In preparation for this message, here I am preparing a message. I am the messenger of God. 
I've come to speak the word of God today. I am the holy man. Yesterday I was a jerk. Anybody else? And it was, it, but it just reminded me of how, how much I need him to do that, right? And so number two is dependence. Dependence. So many of us are trying to make ourselves better. I'm trying to be more humble. When God says, the Holy Spirit says, come to me and, and let me work on your heart. Right? Hear, hear my word and let my word transform your mind. You know what happened yesterday? I woke up late and we had our men's group. And I didn't have time with God yesterday morning before I went to men's group. Now, it would be really, really easy to just go, well, yeah, you went and led a men's group. Y'all, y'all talked about God. You talked about your marriages. It was an awesome group. We had a great time and all that kind of stuff. But Mike didn't get his soul right yesterday morning. So Mike was not dependent. Mike decided that Mike's got it. Right? There's a lack of dependency in that scenario that, that, that we don't have when we're not taking the time to give him our time. To go, God... Here I am, Gooberhead from, you know, I was born in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. What, what is it you want me to do today? How can I do this better? Holy Spirit, give me your words. Quell the, the, the rage inside of me. Quell the, the sin inside of me. The, the things inside of me that make me make bad decisions. Quell laziness and apathy and all these things. There, that, there's a dependency. And you know what it takes to do those? Humility, humility dependency. Is called faith. Number three is faith. And so those three things I want us to hold on to today as we try to say, okay, if I'm going to be more like Jesus, Jesus had humility, dependency, and that one's big because he was God. He could make a decision anytime he wanted. Just because you have the ability doesn't mean it's the healthy thing to do. Just because you have the authority doesn't mean you can yell, right? Dependency and faith, right? And I want to jump into James because I want us to look with those as a backdrop, with 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 this idea of of humility, dependency, and faith as a backdrop of who Jesus was. James is actually going to talk to us about some situations, and he's going to give us some kind of vague, broad situations that happen in our life and tell us how to deal with those. So let's begin, James. Chapter 5, verse 13. The first part of that verse says this. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. And so let me say it to you this way. When trouble comes, talk to God. When trouble comes, talk to God. And you go, well, duh. Well, we're kind of we're countryfied today, so you might say, well, kadur. Right? Duh, Pastor Mike, like that sounds so elementary. That sounds so like silly, like duh. But let me ask you, do you? Is that the first thing you do when trouble comes? Because you know what? What we do first defines our source. Are you hearing me? Whatever it is that you go to that is your source, that's what you're going to do first. So, you know, we have this tendency to go running after all kinds of things, um, Surrender is the relationship we're supposed to have with Jesus and with God. But we run to sources for comfort before we run to the source. So it's actually not so simple in elementary because 
I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life I still hadn't gotten that one. Right? Something comes and what do we do? We run to the phone and we pick up and we call somebody. Right? Because, listen, let me say it to you this way. Suffering is inevitable. Misery is optional. Suffering is inevitable. Jesus said you will have trouble in this world. But listen to me, misery is optional. Misery is our choice when we choose anything but God first. Right? We're choosing a source that is empty. We're choosing a source that is temporary. Right? I, I, I'm going to keep everything real country today because we got our, uh, our great worship team doing what they do. So, so I'm going to call it Whale and Waller. Right? I'm going to call Whale and Waller and Wine. Whale and Water and Wine. That's some good alliteration right there. Right? Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Oh! Anybody remember Hee Haw? Right? I'm going to wail and waller and whine and misery loves company. So I'm going to call my friend and we're going to wail and waller and whine together. Come on, you know that's what we do. We have a tendency to do this scenario or, or, I'm going to say it to you this way. Do you treat it? Do you treat it? Or in other words, get treatment. See, emotions are not commands. Emotions are symptoms. When, when trouble comes and something happens and emotions fly out, of that's, that's not a command for you to respond. That's a symptom for you to treat. Right? And you can treat that in different ways. Listen to me. For those of you who are in trouble and you need to talk to God first, here's what I would suggest you do. God, I need you today. I need your peace today. And God, I need your treatment today. How would you have me go about dealing with this trouble? And let me tell you, there's some possibilities. Maybe you need something we call pastoral care. What that means is you get online and you set up an appointment with me and let me sit down and help you think through what's going on. I probably had seven, seven or eight pastoral care appointments this week. Just sitting down with somebody and kind of helping them walk through the trouble, the struggle, Right? Instead of us, the misery loves company, the wine and the waller and all that kind of a stuff, that we would, let's, let's deal with it. Let's treat this scenario. Let's, let's treat what's going on inside of us. Right? And deal with this, this scenario. So, so maybe that's it. Maybe you need counseling. Can I tell you, I am so excited. So we've got a counselor that we work with, been working with for years. I thoroughly trust her. Her name is Cindy Weinberg. Just, um, Friday, we sat down with her, and her office is in Claremont, and we send a lot of people down there to go see her. But just on Friday, we worked out a scenario where anybody who wants to do counseling with her, she will come up here to our office on Fridays. So you won't have to travel all the way to Claremont, but there's counseling. Like, like some of you, and there's some of you that are like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that whole counseling thing. I'm not a wacko. Let me help you out. You ready? You're a wacko. And I mean that lovingly. And what I'm saying to you is, we're all a wacko. If we're all sinners, we're all messed up. If Jesus needed to come to testify the truth, that's because truth is jacked up in our head. So sometimes we need some help getting truth sorted. I've been to counseling several times. It still hadn't worked, but we're getting there. But I, I, I say this to you, listen to me. You may need to talk to somebody. 
You may need to have some counseling. You may need to get into a small group. This is why we do small groups. This is why we say life is better. Circles are better than rows. Right? Circles are better than rows. What are you sitting in right now? Row. It would be a lot more self-purposeful for me to go, oh, no, rows are important. You need to be, you got to sit in a row. We need to fill these rows up. Right? Listen to me. It's much better for you to be in a circle around some people. And I'm not talking about your whale and waller friends. Not that circle. Right? But the circle that speaks life. The circle, the, the, the circle that challenges you. The circle that, that says, come on, guys, you can do this. Right? So much enjoyed. I know I've said so much about this, but so much enjoyed my time with my guys yesterday morning. Man, I was talking about our marriages and being the husbands we're supposed to be and challenging each other. And yes, it's hard to give up a Saturday morning at 8 a.m. But man, after we get there and we start talking and we go, come on, you can do this. And we challenge each other and we're making each other better. And some of you need to find that kind of relationship and we can help you do that. Some of you need to go through our life steps. That's the beginning or, or get on the dream team and serve. Do you know one of the best ways to get over your struggles is to serve somebody else? That's one of the best ways. When you're in Waller and wine mode, put it aside and go serve somebody. When you, when you find yourself and I don't know what to do and this is going, put it all down and go next door and do something for your neighbor. Put it all down and go find a place that you can just love on and serve someone else. I promise you, your entire world will change. Did it fix the issue? No. But did it fix your mindset? Yes. Right? And your thoughts are what's most important because your actions will then follow. Right? It just changes the whole scenario. James goes on in the second part of that verse and he said, Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. I'm going to say it to you this way. When victory comes, talk to God. When trouble comes, talk to God. When victory comes, talk to God. Right? The, the reality being that what you go to first acknowledges the source. Come on. What you go to first acknowledges the source. How quickly we take credit for what God is doing in our lives. Come on, I've done this. Something goes well, something goes real good, and there's this little voice inside of us that goes, look what I did. Right? Back to Jesus' example, humility, dependency, and faith. If I have humility, dependency, and faith, I'm going to say words like this. I am so grateful that God has decided to give me the talents that he's given me. I am so grateful that in his amazing wisdom, he put me in this place at this time that I could be involved with this scenario. I, me, Mike, I am so grateful that he decided to let me pastor this church. He could have picked anybody else. There are people smarter than me. Trust me. There are people that preach better than me. There are people that do it all better than me. But for whatever reason, why he chose me, I don't know. We get to heaven. Maybe we'll figure it all out. Or maybe we'll go, oh, that was the best he had. He's just working with what he had. But the point being is, I'm so grateful he chose me. How about you? When the victories come... Do we give him glory? When the victories come, do we go back and say, you, God, are so stinking good? Right? That's like the best Christian cussing you could do to add to that, right? 
God, you're so good. I'm so grateful. You're so amazing. Like, look at what you allowed me to do. Look at what you're doing in my life. It takes humility, dependency, and faith to know that I only did this because God gave me the talents and the resources, and it's in his timing that this would happen. James, verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Right? James is giving us areas for us to consider how we respond to these different areas. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Okay, let me explain something there. Because anoint them with oil, what the heck is that? The Christian walk, what, what has happened is, is God has given us a whole bunch of symbols. Symbols that help us to understand spiritual things, right? Because most of what we're dealing with are spiritual abstract concepts. So God in his wisdom knows our humanity and knows our need to understand kind of concrete, practical kind of stuff. So he gives us symbols. A symbol is bread and wine, right? We, we, we take communion, right? And that bread represents his body and the wine represents his blood, right? And so and another symbol is this thing on my finger, this wedding ring. This is a symbol, right? You know what another symbol of being a part of, of a follower of Jesus Christ is baptism, right? Person goes down in the water. In 1 Corinthians, it says that the old is gone and the new has come. It's a symbol. Oil, listen, is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So when we anoint someone with the Holy Spirit, we're asking for the Holy Spirit to come upon them, to bring healing to them, right? And so oil is that symbolic scenario. So nothing nothing weird about it, nothing special about the oil. It's funny because I know some people that are like, well, this particular oil is from, 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 from Jerusalem and you know like it has some kind of power listen to me go get you a can of Crisco you know what I'm saying it's not about that listen to me all that stuff is all cool but look look when you start making relics we start turning into crazy church and the traditional church stuff that we've done it's a symbol so he says when somebody's sick let them come and let the elders come and pray can I tell you my wife was in a Southern Baptist church now if you know Southern Baptist they have a tendency to be a little bit like, I don't know about all that healing stuff, and especially not all that speaking in tongues, and you know what I mean, all that kind of, holy, we're not talking about the Holy Spirit, kind of, that's the church she grew up in. You want to know something amazing? Jen was born um, with all kinds of birth defects. They thought she was Down syndrome, uh, she had a hole in her heart, she had all this, she had her spine, most of you guys don't know, but her spine is a mess still to this day, she has to treat it, it's why she runs so much, because if she stops moving, She'll cripple, she would cripple up. She would probably be in a wheelchair. And, and, and so the, the elders of the church in a Southern Baptist church, I love when God does something outside of people's comfort zones. One of the guys was like, you know what? This is what the Bible says. So we're going to do this. They went in and they anointed that baby. Do you know that Jen's hole in her heart closed up? Right? Do you know that to this day she has physical, and I'm not telling you what they are, but she has physical still symbols of what it means to be Down syndrome. She has physical representations of what Down syndrome means, but she's not Down syndrome. And I just tell you that to say that when we're sick, this is what Christians do. This is what God tells us to do, right? And so when you're sick, you need to let us know. Don't do this. Oh, I don't want to bother anybody. That's false humility. I'm just going to call it what it is. That's pride. That's pride. Because pride says, I don't want anybody to come, and you know, I, I, it feels too vulnerable, and all this kind of... Listen to me, you need to let your pride go. Right? Because this is what the Scripture says. The Scripture says for us to get together and pray for one another. Right? And, and, and that's, that's exactly what... He, it takes humility, 
takes dependency, takes faith, right? To do what James has told us here. Verse 16. Here's the next one. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. So in other words, when you're in sin, he's going to give us a scenario. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Whoa, 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 whoa. Catch some words there. First of all, he says, when you're in sin, talk to God through others. Right? When when you're in sin, talk to God through others. I I love when you look at this whole thing. Look, when trouble comes, talk to God. (laughs) When victory comes, talk to God. When sickness comes, talk to God through others. And when your sin comes, talk to God through others. Do you see the pattern that James is saying to us? I think what he wants us to do, you haven't figured it out yet, I think he wants us to talk to God. For those of you who might have been more in Mississippi with us, talk to God is the answer. Right? The talk, the, 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 we, we would talk to God. Right? But when you're caught in sin, and, and you're, you're outside of what it is that God wants for your life, and, and, and outside of the will for maybe your family or your relationships or whatever it is, it takes humility. Ooh. Ooh, does it take some humility? Come on, y'all. Let me say it to you this way. You can either choose humility or you can find humiliation. My desire, my heart for you is that this would be a safe enough place for you to come and go, here's what I'm dealing with. That we would provide a safe enough environment that you would come and go, man, I cannot stop looking at pornography. Now, I I can't stop gossiping. You know, I really have realized I shop, but it's excessive. Like, it's unhealthy. Right? I realize that I'm so judgmental about homosexuality or so many other things, but I have an eating issue. Right? Right? And the reality of life is, is that if you will humble yourself, if you will be dependent and have faith and bring it to God's people, can you bring it to everybody? No, I agree. Some people are, are wacky new new. You know what I'm saying? But to bring it to a safe place where you can say, here's my stuff, man. Here's what I'm dealing with. And us to be honest with one another. Bring it to one another so that we can deal with it. Here's what's interesting. It says, so that you can be healed. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? And and here's why that's so important. Here's why that's so important. Because it says, take it to one another. You can pray for each other so that you can be healed. It doesn't say so you can be forgiven. It says so you can be healed. In other words, God does the forgiving. Right? But how many of you know you can this morning confess your sin to God and He will forgive you, but you're not necessarily healed? How many of you know that God will give you forgiveness if you ask for it, but tomorrow morning if you don't find healing, you're going to find yourself right back at that same sin? Right? And so many of us think that it's only about bringing it to God, just going, okay, God, forgive me for this. And then we wonder why we're on the hamster wheel. You know the hamster wheel? Right? Like, I sin, God, forgive me. I sin, God, forgive me. I sin, God, like, that's, that's what our life looks like. And we're on this, and it's because the scripture says this. Listen, listen, listen. When you're dealing with sin, 
Bring it to one another. That the righteous person can pray for you, and then you will find healing. Boy, that's revelation for a few of you here this morning. Because I think some of you here maybe have been running on a hamster wheel. And you just realized, I've asked God to forgive me. But I've not found a place where I can trust people enough to go, here's my stuff. Would you pray for me? Would you give me that opportunity? And I would love to help you with that scenario and help you through that. When you have trouble, when you have victory, when you have sickness, when you have sin, which I think probably just defined about 99% of our life, right? If not 100%. You see what James is doing? He's, he, he's basically saying to us, okay, in your entire life, what I want you to do is, have you figured it out yet what he wants you to do? Y'all are so brilliant, right? Talk to God. Talk to God. And, and, and here's what you would say, but, but, but I, don't, I, I don't know how to talk to God. And I don't, you know, I know Pastor Mike, and I love it when people will go, I'm calling Pastor Mike because he's got the bat phone to God. Can I, listen to me. There's nothing special about Mike Matheny. I was being a gooberhead on the road yesterday. There isn't. The same power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that lies inside of me lies inside of you. If you will access it. Right? It's like sitting at Starbucks and I've got my computer plugged in. And you're like, oh, can I use your power cord? And you're holding a power cord in your hand. And I, what I'm saying to you this morning is... Plug your own cord in. Come on, y'all. You have it with inside of you. You have it within you. You can, I don't know what to say. Just say what you feel. Just say your heart. God's big enough for you to do it lousy. Right? He's big enough to, to, to translate whatever silliness comes out of your mouth. Right? What, whatever it is, you have to just, just talk to him. And you go, but, but, but. I don't think I can. I don't know. What did we just say? We said it's going to take humility, dependence, and faith. Would you trust God enough that he's a big enough God? That he's going to read your heart more than he's going to read your words. Right? Just do your best. Yeah, sometimes it feels like you're talking to the ceiling. You ever been there? I'm just, I'm just praying, God, would you do something about this? God. God. Listen, it requires faith. Faith. That he is listening. And he's not ignoring you. It's just not his timing yet. And you've got to have faith to do that reality, right? I don't want to talk to God. You know what's so cool? James and God, when they decided to write down what they decided to write down in this book, he knew you were going to think that. He did, right? Because look what he wrote next, right after this. James 17, 5, 17. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. Love it, love it, because what he's saying is, let me talk to you about Elijah. You ever heard the stories of Elijah? Elijah did some cool stuff, y'all. I mean, when you can pray and fire comes down from heaven and burns something up, I mean, that's like Steven Spielberg special effects. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's some awesome stuff. Like, Elijah, like, he prayed, and listen, it goes on and it says, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. Elijah prayed a prayer that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain on the land for three and a half years. That's some good prayers, you know what I'm saying? 
And what James is saying is, listen, 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 listen. I know when I say this, when I say talk to God, you're going to be like, oh no, oh no, I don't know how. I don't know, I don't know what to say. So he said, no, 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 listen to me, Elijah. Elijah's, he's just like you. And nothing particularly special about Elijah. He's a man, right? He put his robe on. I guess it didn't have legs. One sleeve at a time, right? Whatever. Right? The, the, he's just like you. He goes on again. He prayed and the heavens uh, uh, gave rain and the earth produced his crops. And so his, he, here's what God's saying to you this morning. Listen to me. Here, here's this profound, amazing, brilliant bottom line. God says, hey guys, why don't you talk to me? That's it. Why don't you talk to me? Just in humility, in dependency, and in faith. When it goes great, talk to me. When it sucks, talk to me. When you know you're wrong, talk, talk, talk to me. When you're feeling lousy, because sickness is not just physical, mental, emotional, right? Talk to me. Your Father in Heaven is just like me as a father. There are times when I'm looking at my girls and in my head I'm thinking, I wish they would just talk to me. I, wish, I just want them to talk to me. And I see it inside of them. There are times when they do. Come and talk, Dad, this, blah, 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 and we have a good time. And then there are other times when I see this hesitancy inside of them. And I think, you know what? It's probably no different than exactly the way we feel with our Heavenly Father. I'm not, I'm not sure how to say it. I'm not sure what to say. Come on, you guys ever feel that way? Sometimes your parents or you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't, I don't, I, and, and, and you just got to push through and do it anyway. Trusting that your Heavenly Father is ten times the Father that I will ever be. Right? That He loves you. That, man, His, 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 His mercies are new every morning. And no, His timing is not your timing. How many of you know that kind of stinks? Right? Like, that's, that's one of those I'd like to talk to with God when we get to heaven. Like, how do I sync up with your timing? Right? Because I pray and I want it to happen this way, and it always happens that way. Anybody else? Right? That's where humility, dependency, and faith come in. Right? That I, that I find myself to be just like Jesus. Well, then James closes out, and this is the end of, end of our study of James. He closes out with the last two verses. I'm going to close with this. And he switches the thought just a bit. He, he gave us this idea today, and, and then he, he switches it just a little bit. So James, 15, I mean James 5, 19 through 20 says this. My brothers and sisters. So you can almost see him like bringing a conclusion to this letter, right? Here's the ending of the letter. My brothers and sisters. Hey, let me, let, me get, let, me get one th- let me get one last idea across to you. All this stuff we've been talking about, dealing with trials and all these kinds of things. Let me get one last thing across to you. Listen to me. If one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from their error of their ways will save them from death. And cover over a multitude of sins. Wow, what an amazing finale. Right? 
Because in that, we've been talking about talk to God, talk to God, talk to God. And what he says is this. He says, hey guys, talk to others. This, this whole message, the end of James, like his, his, his grand finale is this. You ready? Talk to God and talk to others. Talk to God and talk to others. You want to talk about purpose? Here's purpose. Talk to God. Talk to others about him. That, that's it. We make it so big. We make it this big, you know, crazy Christianity thing that we're trying to do this. And, and when's the right time to do all? <laughs> Come on. When it can be as simplified as this, talk to God. He wants to hear from you. He misses you. You had not talked to him in a while. He misses you. He really would love for you to talk to him. And then you turn around and you talk to others and repeat. Talk to God. Talk to others. Repeat. They came to Jesus and said, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? What did he say? Love the Lord your God with all your whole heart, mind, soul, strength. What is that? Hey, why don't you talk to the one that you love the most? And the second is like it, that you would love others as you love yourselves. Talk to God. Talk to others about God. Talk to God. Talk to others about God. Talk to God. Talk to others about Can I say that again? Talk to God. Talk to others about God. Right? This, this is what he's saying to us. And if we, listen to me, if we do this with humility, dependency, and faith, then God's going to teach us, and he's going to build our character through the trials and through the stuff. If, if, we, if we will bring healing to each other through prayer, right? If we will do this, and we'll talk to God and talk to others, he'll bring healing to our sickness. He'll bring healing to others' sickness. Physical, emotional, spiritual, mental. Boy, we have a mental health issue in our country. Can I say this to you? I think most of it is spiritual. Come on, y'all. Where are God's people to step up and say, I'm going to stand in the gap for you as you're dealing with this mental health issue? That's why we're having shootings. Because of mental health issues, right? If we will find humility, dependency, and faith in Him then He will be glorified through our victories. Right? Then, then He will heal us from our sins. And then He will use us to be the light of the world. That's the gospel. Talk to God. Talk to others. Let's pray. Father, thank You so much for this book that You've given us. And God, um, would You thank James? He's up there with You now. James, I don't know if you can hear me. I don't know if that's theologically correct. So I'll say, God, would you tell him for us? Uh, we're grateful for his humility, dependency, and faith enough to trust your Holy Spirit and write down your words. So God, thank you for speaking through him to us in this book today. Thank you that a couple thousand years later, we can read a book and it is so pertinent to our lives. So relevant to me and where I am today. And so today, God, I pray for everybody here today that we would simplify this message of what it means to, to seek after and follow Jesus Christ. God, encourage us today to talk to you. Some of us, have we kind of have lost that. Maybe we've been following you for a long, long time, and I don't know, maybe we've gotten a little lax. Forgive us for that, God. 
Help us to come back to that place of relationship. God, help us to just tell others our story, just to talk to others about you and what you're doing. Maybe not with the most eloquent words, just our story and our understanding of what you're doing in our lives. And make us the light of the world when we do these two simple things. God, we pray for those today that might be far from you. If you're far from God today, I want to pray for you. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe you used to walk tightly next to him. And today you would say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really far from God. The amazing reality of that is he's not far from you. He's been standing right behind you the whole time. All you had to do is turn around. And so today I encourage you, just turn around. I greet him today and say, God, I want to put my, my relationship with you back in, in the first place. I need to surrender my heart again to you. And if you've never done that before, then God is saying to you today, I would love to take you on a journey of purpose on what I created you to do. And all you have to do is acknowledge today that I am Lord of your life. You have to surrender. Humility, dependency, and faith. Would you surrender your life to me today? And if that's you and you need to do that, I'm going to pray some words. They're just words, but it'll help you. It'll help you with some words that you might say. What's important here is the sincerity of your heart. So you might pray something like this. Jesus, thank you for touching me today. In a way I don't understand, I, I sense your presence today. And as best as I understand, I surrender my life to you today. I want to make you Lord of my life today. Help me, God, to be who you've called me to be. Thank you for forgiving my sins. From this day forward, as best as I understand, I'm going to do my best to serve you and your purposes for my life. Thank you for loving me right where I am today. I pray this. In the only name that is above all names. And that is in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Would you take a Connect card this morning? And they're in your experience guide. There's a little skinny card. If it's your first time here, welcome. We're so glad you're here. And so excited uh, to have you join us. But there's four things we ask for if you're there. If you're here for the first time, name, email, phone, and your birthday. They're right there on the top. Real quick and easy. Don't want to make you fill out a job application today. So uh, it's quick and easy. For those of you who uh, need prayer requests, there's prayer on the back. You can write out a prayer request now if you want to start doing that. Our prayer team is so awesome, so diligent in praying for you guys on Tuesdays. And um, if you made that decision today, maybe a recommitment. Maybe you've been far from God. Today's a recommitment. There's a place on there you can mark. I made a decision to recommit or I've made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time. If you made those decisions today, we would love to know. Uh, not for any other reason than we'd like to pray for you um, and or I'd like to maybe even touch base with you at some point um, and see how we can help you on the journey because we believe in doing life together. Um, I think you can only do the island thing for so long. We need each other, right? And so would you fill out that card and you can drop it in the, the blue bucket as it comes along. The ushers are coming now to receive our tithes and our offerings this morning.